You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. Journeying within can be a powerful way to begin or continue to heal and grow. If you'd like to explore opportunities to do this with hypnosis, please email me at rebecca.hayden at gmail.com to arrange a free consultation. Or if you're considering microdosing with the ayahuasca vine, please visit ayahuascamicrodosing.com and use the coupon code TALKS to receive a 10% discount on your order. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Today I have Tanya Lin with me and she's a strategic activator. Uh, She's the visionary CEO of the Sistership Circle, a global organization that offers leadership training for women. And she's authored two books, The Art of Leading Circle and Open Your Heart. Thank you so much, Tanya, for joining me today. Yes, I'm really excited about this conversation. Thanks for having me. Me too. Um, Yeah, we we just had a little chat before we started to record here. And um, we agreed that this is a conversation that really needs to happen these days because um, there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, uh, spiritual energies, both both masculine and feminine and, and balancing them out. And Um, what I like to get into is our own journeys with that. Um, For me, it was surprising to come to terms with, you know, the fact that I was rejecting, you know, that feminine side of myself and, and also, you know, just realizing that, you know, this isn't really a man versus woman issue. It's a, it's a health issue, a well-being issue for humanity because we all have um, these qualities in us and we have favored the masculine qualities to our own detriment for, uh, you know, a very long time now. And, and I, I think that we're all starting to see that, that once we balance that out towards the feminine, we can really start to address a lot of these problems in, in unique and creative and wonderful ways. Yeah. I, you know, one thing that I've been really looking at is that because I'm, I'm, very much in this conversation on a daily basis, uh, working in, in leadership training for women and talk in circles and sisterhood. And I really want to emphasize that there's nothing wrong with the masculine. And I think Absolutely. really some, some place I want to distinguish for whoever's listening is that because what I see is a lot of people wanting to dismiss and, and throw out the masculine. Mm-hmm. versus what it, it's like looking at the toxic versus divine masculine. Yes. Right. And so it's that we are in, in this patriarchal c- culture, the imbalance is actually with the toxic and the divine. It's where we have this, it's just like the domination and the mm-hmm. control and all mm-hmm. these like toxic qualities that we can call masculine but then that also creates a toxic feminine sure it does yeah right? i mean there can be toxic anything right so absolutely and and i mean it is a matter of understanding you know to bring our better selves out and our better selves in balance um yeah. But I think that there was a tendency for even women to, because for the longest time we have, 
um, I mean, this was very much promoted um, in society through media and and just through our our cult cultural you know development that we were really highly regarding um, and favoring masculine qualities over feminine, um, and and I think that a lot of us got on board with that to our own detriment. I really do, women included. Yeah, it's it's focused on. Um, like I said, like having goal oriented, external, um, focused on a male God, um, you know, working hard, hustling and how, you know, just the way in which men work as opposed to women, you know, men having more testosterone in their system than women. And so what we see is so many women trying to keep up with the boys yeah, trying to fit into this masculine way of being, and we burn ourselves out because we simply don't have the genetics or the hormones to be working in that way. You know, one of the things that I really looked at was in having adrenal fatigue and my thyroid mm -hmm. going out. It's like, oh, well, I'm pushing <laughs> as if I, I can just push like that, you know, and it's like, even when we look at women in our cycles and our hormones are changing on a daily basis. Whereas men, not so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So it's like, there is a very distinct difference between men's bodies and women's bodies. And yet we've been all conditioned to, well, let's all pretend like we're men <laughs> when <laughs> we're not. And so, yeah, like that piece of what does that look like to be in mm -hmm. our feminine, um, and to bring out our feminine superpowers by mm -hmm. understanding more of what does it actually look like to be a woman and to honor our, our cycles. I think it starts there. That's what I have found for myself. And, and I noticed for myself of, oh, wow, you know, here I am on my period and I'm down and out, you know, like I, I, my hormones, everything's tanked. Why am I trying to push through that? And for me, that's been a big piece is this rest, like resting, um, learning how to slow down and rest. And I remember actually when we were in Peru um, at our retreat, our ayahuasca retreat, and our shaman didn't want us to do anything. Like, <laughs> you are doing the ceremony and then you are doing nothing. Yes. You Go lay in the grass. Yeah. <laughs> and how hard that is for us to do, right? And like as women, we've just got caught up in this like, I need to be running around. I need to be doing all these things. Well, what if actually we don't? Yes. I think that's a yeah. question. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a big lesson for a lot of us now because some people were put into a situation where, you know, they kind of had to stop all the ball balls in the air and, and, you know, reinvent and start to exercise some of that creativity and, and, and take advantage of that opportunity to, to do nothing. But yes, I, I came to terms with that too, pretty quickly where you're on retreat and you realize that um, this scheduling is something that has been imposed on us in a way where we feel it's normal. And then when it disappears, it's like, Oh my God, what do I do? Lost my bearings kind of thing. But I have to yeah. wonder, too, sometimes depression is that, us forcing ourselves to just step out, you know, step out of it all and, and you know, begin again, right? 
or maybe it's that once we actually stop because the doing is a distraction yes and stop yeah. and then all of a sudden we're left with ourselves mm -hmm. because i think that that's the piece is if you're just being then you actually have to feel yeah. <laughs> and you're you you're with yourself and it's like all of a sudden all this stuff comes up sure and you know you it's and then you want to go back to distracting <laughs> doing. yeah you know i mean everybody has their own unique integration journey i didn't go back to work because i i just i couldn't bring myself to do that i i knew something important was happening and i knew that it had only just begun um but certainly looking at myself has been the greatest education. I mean, everything that I've learned about the world, I've learned through examining myself in the context of society and, and how I behaved and how that all came about and, and why it was so important for me to change and, and then, you know, applying those lessons and seeing the changes come about. Um, and I was surprised to find that um, because I mean, in, in the past, like, like many women, you know, there were times that I identified as a feminist and, um, I, I had to, you know, realize that, and, and I mean, all bets were off once I, I came to medicine out of a, a deep depression. And so all bets were off in a way I was kind of reinventing myself. So it was a good time to really be exposed to something that asks you to think about and approach life very differently. But I, I knew I was losing that whole, um, thread of, of way of thinking. Um, but it was a slowly evolving thing to understand just how much I participated in that unhealthy idea about, you know, about women that, that it was me that had a problem with the femininity <laughs> and, and not necessarily, I mean, sure, maybe men or not, but, you know, as we know, the medicine asks us to really look at ourselves and change that. And that's what changes our lives. And so, that's what I find very, I found very surprising was, was that I wasn't on board with this whole pro feminine thing. And I had, I had to learn a lot, you know, and I've, I've come to really love, you know, my feminine qualities, which I did not favor before. And, and it's been, it's been a beautiful unfolding experience for me. So what do you think that was that you didn't like those, those qualities within yourself? I think that we talked about this in a previous show. Um, I think that I, you know, my mother was um, was a very emotional um, uh, person and and loving, and yet I I saw her in so much pain for so much of her life, and I think I started to associate. And then, of course, I had my own experiences of that, and I started to associate sensitivity and and feeling deeply with in a loving way with pain and. Um, and then I found a new God, you know, <laughs> I found the God of intellect and followed that because it felt safer to me, you know, and, uh, and, and I always had a love of wisdom, but now I'm starting to, you know, well, for years now, given my involvement in the medicine, it has brought me back to understanding what true wisdom is and that it is not, you know, all on the logic side. And there's, it's a, it's a, it's an adventure. It's a beautiful, big, deep, rich exploration and uh and i'm i'm right where i belong you know this is this is my kind of thing always has been so i i this is what i'm seeing across the board from the you know thousands of women i'm coming across 
in my work is it all comes down to the mother wound. And what I found is, and this was a piece of my, my journey Mm -hmm. is the cutting of the core. So it was a reconnection of my little girl, my mom's little girl and my grandmother's little girl, and then a severing of the cord. And, um, and so here's this mother energy uh, plant. Yes. That I think is coming in and is so uh, alive in our, in our, in our collective consciousness field because it's to help us heal the mother wound, which is directly related to the sister wound. Right. And, um, and so it's, cause that was my thing was, I don't want to be like my mother. And I think many of us have a version of that. And that's what keeps us uh, disconnected and, and um, in this aversion to being in the feminine, because again, back to the toxic feminine, it's, we didn't have, perhaps we didn't have a model of what the divine feminine looked like. Mm-hmm. And so like for the first time now, cause I really see this rise happening, but it's like, where are role models or where were our role models? I don't think there were many now more than ever. There are so many women stepping into their power. And so for the first time we're having role models of what it looks like to be a powerful woman in her divine feminine and in her leadership. Right. Cause we mm-hmm. look at the leadership that we see. It's all a bunch of men. It's, or, or it's women who are acting like men or, you know, or, you know, so it's like, we, we don't get that model of it. And that's why, you know, I'm so that's, that's my work is, is teaching women how to step into feminine leadership. And then people get all like, Oh, well, why do you call it feminine leadership? You know, cause it's like, yes, we are balancing the masculine and feminine. But it's because we're leading from the superpowers of the fe- divine feminine. And we're yeah. trying to, you know, and that, and it's the embodiment of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and, and these are qualities like, I mean, so I do identify with this idea that when you have a main influence, such a powerful influence in your life, such as a parent, like your mother, and you see, you know, uh, these these qualities that that in that are presented in such a way where you know they don't make you feel like yeah I want to live like that when this person is living in pain you know <laughs> of Absolutely. course you don't want that yeah and then of course you know I, I think that of course there were you know men doing exciting things there weren't as many women in my life that I knew of that were really you know successful and. Um, and doing all of these kinds of things that I'd, I'd hoped to do in my life or imagined myself doing. So, yeah, I, I imagine there was a disconnect there, too. And, yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly with, um, you know, reestablishing more healthy connections on that, you know, direct f- familial level, right, um, to reestablish better, healthier connections. We actually, one of the exercises we do in, in hypnosis. Um, but, um just getting back to the whole, um, the qualities themselves, like sensitivity. I mean, you know, I'm sure you grew up with this too, where the, it was thrown around like a, like an accusation. You're so sensitive, you know, 
And now I realize that that is an ultra superpower. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, I struggled with that a great deal because I've been ultra sensitive and hit it. And, and, you know, it was terrifying to me. And actually, I don't think I, I really understood how deeply sensitive I was until uh, the medicines just helped me come to terms with it because they said, look, it's important. You're going to get sick if you don't understand because this is this goes into deeply empathic stuff, right? Yeah. And you can get, you know, in trouble. I mean, no wonder. And now I look back at my past and I go, oh, my God, so much of it makes sense, you know? <laughs> running for cover for so long and really denying that because you see it as a weakness, you know, and not getting that it's, you know, it's something really to, to cultivate like a gift. Right. Yeah. And I think this is a, a important piece because I think what you just said there was like, and I don't want to put words into your mouth. Empathy gets us into trouble. It can. Yes. So I think a piece of the divine feminine is like being able to hold a boundary, right? And, um, and so they're like the empaths, right? Of like taking on everyone's energy. Cause this is something that I think comes up so much for women. Yes is I'm too sensitive. I feel everyone else's stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, it's like the empaths learning how to um, not take everything on, but it's like, is that actually the, the divine feminine, right? Or is it that we don't know how to really hold a boundary? And, um, and what, and just the last piece here is, um, holding a boundary with that, but also like, we don't have to save, right? We don't have to, because there's the martyr and what we've been taught is that the, like, there's the mother martyr. And Mm -hmm. so I have to rescue. So by me feeling, I then have to somehow do something about it. Like, if I feel your pain, I now have to fix it. I have to rescue. I have to be the martyr. Mm -hmm. That's not the divine feminine. No. Yes, I understand. And it's a matter of also appreciating, you know, what that's there for. It is information, you know, and and how you choose to respond has a lot to do with, you know, the influences, right? I mean, I was brought up in, you know, martyrdom central, right? The Catholicism <laughs> yes. uh, is just, you know, rampant with this whole, um, uh, you know, martyr complex where it's it's something to be admired. And, and if you're very sensitive, then you get thrown into such a deep hole with it. But um Understand, starting to, you know, I had to step back, of course, you know, eventually I was forced to because of depression. But, um, and again, I do think that that's a, a, can be a kind of reset. But medicines help me see that, you know, all people's sensitivity is a gift, us sensing this world and everything in it. And it's, it's a lot deeper than I think that we have allowed ourselves to continue to appreciate and, and medicines help us get back to that state where we can and we can, you know, feel things fully and deeply. And then how we respond, you know, has to do with 
with our level of of wellness you know where are we at with ourselves and 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 that you know uh, influences how we respond to things. And then that, of course, was a whole path of learning for me too, which is wonderful. And um, I think boundaries for me were the beginning. In other words, I had to, you know, kind of distance and then learn to um, interact in healthier ways with people who are capable. I mean, there's some people it's, you know, I can't decide for them that they're going to, you know, be healthy and do all the work that's required to, you know, become a healthier person. And if they can't, then, then we won't, you know, interact. But for those who can, yeah, I had to decide how to do that in a healthy way and pay attention to how I felt and respect it. And, and, you know, but it is a superpower. I mean, so getting back to the leaders and all the rest of it, I mean, I, 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 I worked in the corporate world. Um, I remember these ideas about approaching things from, I mean, the very last thing you did you know, was to feel anything out. And this is my go-to. I mean, this is, I was doing it all the time without even realizing it. And and you can't help but navigate that that world in that way when you are like that. You just don't recognize it. But just imagine if we did start to approach things from that standpoint. I mean, acknowledging, you know, all of the depression going on and responding to it, acknowledging that people are hurt and and that, you know, when we deal with people, when we deal with even, you know, financial situations, business situations, if we started to really open up and and understand where people were coming from. I mean, this could change everything. And I think that it needs to happen. We know this. We've seen the results of, of not doing that, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, one of the biggest learnings in Circle and a huge part of Sistership Circle is the allowing yourself to feel revealing the tender, vulnerable parts of yourself and, um, and allowing others to see the real you. Because I think what's happened in our, in our culture is we've gotten so part of the masculine is the concealing. So the feminine is about coming out and revealing herself like a flower, right? And the, the masculine as a warrior, as um, a hunter is like concealing themselves, like conceal the plans. Don't let the enemy see your vulnerability. And I think this is a big piece of the feminine. And and so it's scary. It's absolutely mm-hmm. scary to reveal yourself, to be mm-hmm. vulnerable, to feel your feelings. And what I found is when we actually start to practice this and we push that edge of vulnerability it keeps pushing out and we keep expanding our capacity. So the, there's this fear of, well, you know, these emotions are going to overwhelm me. I'm going to drown in them. But if we actually get in touch with like, what are emotions? Well, emotions are energy and motion and mm-hmm. they're going to move through you. I think there yeah. was something like an emotion won't last more than actually like 90 seconds. If you, if you just let it move through your body. I think, I don't know exactly how long it was, but it wasn't that long. 
And we're afraid that it's just going to completely hijack my day. I'm going to not be able to work, all these things. But if we actually started to get in touch with our emotions, and this is what we do in Circle and you know what I'm doing in all our training programs is at the end of the day, this is the, this is the training. <laughs> Can yeah. you allow yourself to just get yeah. emotional? Because the mm-hmm. feminine feels like the sensitivity is the feminine superpower. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the feelings, the sensations in the body, the intuition. It's all tied together, right? And yeah. so when women are able to now like claim that as my superpower versus something that's a weakness because the patriarchy has told me that that's a weakness, mm-hmm. I think that's the key to our power. And that's what I'm seeing with women, right? If all these women who come to our training programs, they learn how to be vulnerable and reveal themselves in the circle. Well, guess what? Now they can feel more confident putting their work out there in the world. Like it's directly related of how much you can reveal yourself in circle um, and, and putting yourself out there visibly in the world. Yeah. And it's directly correlated. Being seen. Yeah, yeah exactly. I also see something truly magical in that I, I see men starting to explore that side of themselves and yes. great effect. And it's beautiful because I mean, in this world, um, <laughs> we're all so connected and, you know, exploring this possibility is just going to enrich our our connection and and our experience, both men and women in this world. I mean, we've seen this whole backlash, um, you know, feminist movement where women were out to prove that they could be just as masculine as men, you know, and, and a lot of us yeah. did prove it really convincingly, not happily necessarily. I mean, there was an egoic pride in it, I guess, but in the end, you know, it didn't make us any more fulfilled or happy. And and I think we're starting to see that that's because we have to admit who we are and start to explore that more deeply respected and and yeah, feel all the feelings associated with it and sense one another and, you know, be open to taking that in without taking responsibility for everybody else, you know, and just, you know, taking it in like we do nature and, and in, a, in a loving, you know, appreciative way, you know, open and with open curiosity. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things I think that has really come through from my husband with his um, journey with ayahuasca when he came down to Peru with me and one of the things he got was um, my purpose is to be a father and we have two little girls who are highly sensitive right (laughs) and and so you know I I've just watched my husband open up and really embrace his vulnerability and um and there's like a emotional maturity that's happening. Yes, it's beautiful. I think that's a big piece of the integration, right? Is this emotional intelligence of allowing ourselves to feel what we're feeling and um, and to get in touch with it and to you know and to to actually allow it to move through us. Yes. Yeah. Tap into and that. Then, oh. Yes. Yes, that intuitive knowing too that we all have, right? I mean, we yes. all can sense our way in this world. And I think that, you know, doing that now is that we've hit such a crisis, I think is just, it's so vital. 
And just as, you know, women, even maybe in unhealthy ways, have explored their capacities on the masculine side of things, you know, men doing that now on the feminine side of things, I think is just, it's crucial and it's beautiful. And I've seen such amazing things emerge, you know, from these men who are now opening up to that and realizing how long it's been that they've needed to do this, you know, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I have to wonder, you know, so, I mean, one of the things that has come up for me recently in my work with ayahuasca is just acknowledging um, this general way that we have come to understand as normal uh, socially with one another and, and what it's really like. You know, it's almost like when you're in these medicine journeys, they give you a, a snapshot of sometimes of of how they see us, you know, how we're, how we, how we are kind of, you know, although we're swimming in it and don't always see it. Right. Mm-hmm. And she described it as the farting elephant in the room. <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> bad smell and we all know it because, you know, we're just like, our eyes are watering with it. But at the same time, we're so used to it that we're not talking about it because it's just so every day, you know, and now we've got this situation where, because of what's happening with coronavirus and restrictions and, you know, political upheaval and everybody arguing so much, it's just, it's becoming heightened. It's, it's impossible to ignore now. It's, it's becoming so much more pronounced. So the need for us to do things differently and approach one another differently, I think is also heightened, you know, and there's great opportunities here. So when you say approach people differently, what do you mean by that? What I mean is, uh, so this is a discussion that I think that we agreed to get into before we we started uh, the podcast was to, you know, be okay with not having all the answers and starting to, you know, become more open about everybody's, you know, version of reality. This is another thing medicines are very good at, is disabusing us of the idea that there is only one and that, you know, and and being so attached to being right and all of these things. And this is like such a great opportunity for us to use those feminine superpowers and start to explore what it's like to, to be that open and to be that accepting and to give space for people, you know, and, and start to be that change that we know is needed because we can't continue to battle it out with one another this way. It is exhausting. It is harmful. Um, it's, it's, it's really d- destructive and, and it's, it's going to be a challenge because, you know, it's going to challenge our own ideas and how important it is for us to, you know, be right about things or, you know, stick to our own sense of, of what's good and right and, and, and real and open up to what's, po- what's most important. You know, is it more important to be right or is it more important for us to have peace, you know? Is it important to impose our, our views on everybody or is it important for us to be in harmony? Yep, absolutely. I think that's what we're up against. Yeah, I mean, this is a big one. I feel like this is, it's like everyone wants to be right. And it's, it's tearing us apart. And so it's just creating fractions 
and divisions and separation. And if there's one thing that I'm getting is that we're all connected. And this is actually something that I've been really learning from the mushrooms. And that was like a light bulb that went off when I actually watched the documentary. I don't know if you saw it, the um, fantastic fungi. Oh, I think I've seen bits of so many of them Um, and mushrooms are just this, this brilliant intelligence of their own, you know? Well, that's the thing. Wow. Exactly. So it's like, they're almost like the nervous system of the earth and they're, it's like the mushrooms are all connected. It's like this underground network, the mycelium network Mm -hmm. and that we're all interconnected and it's like for us. And this is like the big thing with ayahuasca too, right? Is this death of the ego. Like it's all around death. And this was my experience was just like, blasted off into the dark into the mystery into the unknown into the great cosmic womb where it's black and it's mysterious and that to me is the feminine it's like the the dark feminine is the womb is dark and it's fertile and it's you know it's 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 the void but the void is where we can come into birth and we can create from this void and yet as human beings who are so obsessed with certainty and knowing and um and the ego just does not want us to surrender to the mystery and yet like that i mean that was one of the biggest pieces that i have been constantly integrating since um my first ayahuasca journeys back in 2014 of wow yeah like i am just and and that was the other thing was like it's just all a cosmic joke so (laughs) why are we having these arguments around who's right and who's wrong and my narrative's right and yours is wrong and it's like oh my god can we get over ourselves (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. you know this was the time that i first experienced um ayahuasca too. In fact, my first medicine was Iboga. And um, thankfully, yes, I know, I I dove deep pretty quick. But (laughs) but first of all, I did some shamanic training. So and and I I did experience a presence right away that started to teach me. And so I really did get it that I had to look at myself deeply and be open and humble. So thank God I got that sort of grounding before I did Iboga because it can be (laughs) quite abrupt that way. But um, I haven't done that, but I've heard, uh, (laughs) I've heard some stories. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What a magnificent being. Oh, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. Don't don't be afraid. But But after all this experience. Yeah. But um, with ayahuasca, once I had a sense of medicines and what was possible, I also had experienced peyote. My dive with um, with ayahuasca, I was writing down all of these intentions that I thought sounded really good. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, I know what you're talking about. You know what yeah. I mean. Okay, I should put this on my list. I want to be healthy. I want to be this, yep. the blah, blah, blah. All the, everybody's course right meanwhile in my mind i'm thinking i wonder if it's possible to discover the nature of reality through this medicine 
And of course, <laughs> as soon as I went into ceremony, that's exactly what she responded to, right? And she showed up and gave me this big hug. And then she started to get into that, you know, and immediately I knew that she was listening to my thoughts before I, before I went into the medicine, you know? Mm-hmm. And that I couldn't hide a thing from her and that it was just pointless and that she understood me that deeply, right? And it was beautiful. And the very first thing she said was, reality is flexible, you know? So getting back to what we're talking about now, it's like, I mean, if this is so, then why, then, then it's a real act of violence for us to insist you know, that everybody has the same point of view, the same understanding of things, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and this year, I've been talking a lot about 2021 in numerology. It's like a year of uncertainty. And that is the bit. And last year, my word was trust. And, you know, it's just, it's like surrender and trust. Because if, if we're going to be doing this dive into the feminine, into the mystery of the feminine Mm -hmm. and understanding, like going down into the earth where it's dark, you know, going into the womb where it's dark, nothing is certain. It's Mm -hmm. all like that is the brilliance of the feminine is that. This is the Shakti is that spark of life. Like, where does that come from? It, you know, and, and the void and that is the death of the ego. And so, no, we are not. And, and so this whole, like, you know, security and then our fear of not of just the uncertainty. It's like, that is the muscle we've all got to flex. Yeah. I want to learn how to trust. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this is this is the do or die kind of, you know, situation we've been thrown into where, you know, it's it's challenging us in that very way for a reason. We we are given an opportunity to really put ourselves out there and say, okay, you know, now I, I either suffer terribly or I do that. I do exactly that. I surrender. I I I approach this like, what can I learn from this? You know, this is the ultimate test, really, when you think about it. It's and these are always gifts, whether we see them that way or not, right? But um, look at the possibilities that exist here. You keep going into this, the dark, this mysterious dark. And that, that's like the point of inception too. So um, when we're faced with this uncertainty and all the rest of it, you know, instead of trying to, you know, hammer things in to fit the way we feel that it ought to, um, I think that where we can come to common ground is just the basic understandings that we all have. We all want to be healthy. Um, you know, we all want to be happy. We all want to live in a har- in harmony, and we all want love. <laughs> it's just who we are. Um, and let's create from there. I mean, you know, instead of responding by forcing this consensus, you know, let's create something new. Let's let's create something out of this. You know, rising from the ashes and create something new out of this that that doesn't have to adhere to all these old ideas of what must be. Yes, exactly. There's two basic needs that we all have, significance and belonging. And that Mm -hmm. belonging piece, the, so basically our sense of self-worth and our sense of being loved and accepted. 
and connected, right? And that, yeah, we're, we do belong. We, we all yes. belong. And, and so what does that look like for a new earth? And can we actually be dreaming of the possibilities? Cause that's, it's like, if we're in the void, if we're mm-hmm. in this place of uncertainty, if we're in the womb right now, mm-hmm. then what are we dreaming? What yes. Are we, what are the possibilities that we're dreaming up? You know, what are we going to co-create? Exactly. Yes, because we've been doing that all along. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't seem that way to us, but it's true. Everything that we know has been created. And instead of the certainty, I and, and I, I I appreciate um, how how good it is to hang on to something solid when you feel like the ground is just given away beneath you. But I think that we can maybe instead go for something like conviction, you know, I, and, and, and follow that, follow, um, you know, something like the conviction that, okay, I, I have conviction that I want to be healthy. How do I create opportunities for that instead of, you know, reacting, reacting? How do I create, how do I move into uh, that point of inception and 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 dream forward, you know, with that conviction of well-being, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because um, the experience I had in 2020, I was in Peru and came back just before the lockdown, just before everything locked down, and this voice that I have <laughs> had with me since my first ayahuasca experience just said, "You've got to go." You just have to go. I had to cut out of uh, a, a whole uh, dieta. It was awful, but I had to go, and I didn't know why. I, I did when I got home. Um, and one, but one of the messages that I got before I got there was, you know, um, that we focus far too much on illness and not enough on wellness. Not enough on what it is to be well. You know, we're continually chasing the illnesses and how to treat illnesses, and and the illnesses get front and center stage. And this is another feminine idea that, you know, um, it's just a very different way of looking at things than through the microscope and everything. It's a way of looking at the bigger picture of if all of our, you know, collective focus is on something that is not positive, (laughs) we're going to feel the effects of that. And it's not going to be good. If we all focus on something like you know, wellness, well-being, or love, and all those things, then what we create out of that is going to be what we want. That's the desired outcome. And once we make that shift, you know, we won't have the kind of illnesses we have. Like the medicine was saying, we only show up as medicines because of this illness. And the illness being not the diseases, but the tendency toward that bent, you know, that focus. Mm. Yeah, that's a fascinating lens. Mm-hmm. Looking at how we manifest it because it's all at the end of the day, it's the body mind connection, right? Mm-hmm. So it's there's always some kind of emotional or mental or spiritual uh, cause to whatever is physically showing up in our body, right? Right. I mean, that's the basic um, Louise Hayes book the the bible yeah (laughs) louise hayes bible right and um and so it's like from that lens of whatever we're thinking is then being manifested and whatever we're not feeling because that's part of it right going back to the feelings 
and we're so disconnected and avoiding whatever we're feeling that it's then getting stuck in the body and manifesting as ailments. And then you have all the toxicities in our, in our environment, right? The pollution and the, you know, what's in our food and all these things. And so it's like, if we're, if we're changing the conversation and then we're changing our relationship with one another and the earth, then it's like, we can be cleaning up the environment and we can be shifting to this more wellness oriented wellness consciousness. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding what that means and what that means for us individually too, because we're all so unique as we know, respecting that is also another aspect of, of this medicine journey is really, and, and again, it has everything to do with what's exploding now too, is learning to appreciate how unique we all are and, and that the solutions for each of us, given whatever we're contending with at the moment might be very different and respecting that and, and really coming to, um, to terms with that. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. So, um, I was wondering, you had mentioned at the beginning that this embracing the mystery, which I really love, um, because at the beginning when I had this this voice, I don't know if you know anything of my story, but um, it kind of followed me home. I mean, that dialogue that we have in the journey, and, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I mean, it was just with me every day. And it told me in, in ceremony, don't worry, we'll, we'll come with you. <laughs> I had no idea what that really meant until I got home and this just, it all continued. So I asked a billion questions, of course, at the beginning. It was exhausting, really. Um, and I came to understand very quickly that I wasn't going to get everything and that that wasn't the point. And in the end, a lot of answers that I got were, how helpful is it for you to know this? You know what I mean? And so it made me start to ask different questions and start to open up to what I'm being taught instead of really you know, being the one asking all the questions. Sometimes I had to wait and learn about myself to the point where I knew what questions were really going to be helpful, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Like it changed all of my questions. The nature of my questions changed entirely from one year to the next. And that suddenly I didn't care about certain things anymore and why was this that. No why questions. Why questions were highly discouraged. And I didn't understand as much. I accepted it, but I didn't understand it as much until I got to the point where I realized that um, when when I went into why, and I don't know if everybody's like this, but I think there can be a tendency to do this sometimes for some of us, is it's almost like a wallowing and not knowing. And instead mm-hmm. of saying, here's what I want, do you know what I mean? And then coming from that position of power and constructiveness, this is what I want to build. Teach me about this. How do you do this instead of why? Why is this happening? You know? Yeah. It's a victim consciousness. Yeah. I get it. Yes. It's like, okay, here's what I want, where I want to go. Help me do that. It's like, great. We're on board. Let's do that. You know? Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of like, you know, one of the things that um, has been a powerful tool for me through the years is the presence process. Oh, me too. I love it. Tell me about your experience with that. That was my homework. Oh, my God. I've done it three times. And 
wow, just every mm-hmm. single time is so powerful. But that's one of the pieces is, can we just feel the felt sense, like the, the, the sensations that are coming up that are arising without always trying to understand them? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and how often we're trying to explain ourselves. Oh, my God. Yes right? It's like, there's always this disclaimer or this explanation. And so we're go around constantly trying to explain ourselves, apologize for ourselves. Um, and, and, and it's coming from that, like what you were just saying of like, why, like, why is this happening to me? And just this victim consciousness that we're, we could get so easily caught in. Mm-hmm versus like, okay, what if I just feel whatever I'm feeling and just be with it and not try to understand it? And yes, there might be a memory associated with it. And that's really, that awareness can be really powerful for us to see the patterns and to, you know, discover the cause and effect. But at the end of the day, like it's about the integration and this goes back to the emotional intelligence of can I just feel my feelings and feel the sensation in my body without the attachment or the aversion? And so before even doing ayahuasca, and actually before I was called, at first I was I was a total spiritual snob. And I was like, <laughs> I don't need to do that medicine, right? Because I have been doing Vipassana for years. I started doing an annual 10 day silent meditation retreat since 2008 every single year up until I got pregnant in 2014. No, 15. Yeah. So my last, I, uh, my last, um, one, so I did seven years straight mm-hmm. till 2015. And, and so like, I was really able to purge through Vipassana, right. Um, cause it's a purification technique. I'm sure. able to fully feel and be in equanimity without having attachment to the good feelings, wanting the good feelings and trying to push away the bad feelings. So I was pretty versed in that. And so I, at first I was like, you know, all my friends are doing ayahuasca and I'm like, I don't need that, you know, like, <laughs> and then I'm seeing these people, it's, it's a crutch. And then when I met my teacher who I actually went down to Peru with, he was like, well, it's your choice you can use it as a tool or a crutch. And that distinction was so powerful because it's yes. just like anything else. Exactly. Right? It's yep. just like anything else. We can use something as a tool or we can use it as a crutch. Yes. Yes. Actually, this is what uh, the medicines have taught me about you know, our minds and our intellect that, you know, we, we kind of give it far too much power over us. We, this is a tool. This is for us to use. How are we going to use it instead of, oh, God, what is it going to tell me next? Like, you know, it's this this ultimate dictator. And it's yep. so liberating when when this, this shift of, of, you know, your point of view happens where you go, ah, yeah, I could use that, you know. And, and us claiming our own power. You know, this is also a really important thing. People speak of it in terms of responsibility, which I think is is also very valid, right? That that these medicines they ask us, you know, we go to them for wisdom, and they they come back to us saying, you know, we really want you to understand um, your your part in all of these things that you're saying. 
have happened to you kind of thing, right? And and in doing so, it, it's not, you know, I mean, given all the different people that go, that come at this from different places, right, with me, the Catholicism, all the rest of it, you know, there was a lot of guilt I had to shed. And when I got, you know, through all of that, it was just a, a, a pure understanding of our power, like how powerful we are and how we're using that power, you know, and that's why taking responsibility for me means understanding how we've been using our power and starting to use it differently. Mm-hmm. I want to back up just a second because sure. you said something that I think has been a key piece to me embracing the feminine and, um, and that is, and where we're giving our power away, like the taking yeah. responsibility. So this notion of, and you said like the authority, like we're giving mm-hmm. our power away to the medicine as this authority. And that I believe, and, and um, where I first saw this was with Starhawk's um, Spiral Dance book. Amazing, amazing, powerful book. But she talks about how in the, patri- in the patriarchal society culture, it's about bowing down to a God that's outside of ourselves. Yes. And the feminine, it's the goddess. Yes. The goddess lives within each of us. The goddess is all things. It's not about that outside of ourselves. And so this piece of like the inner authority mm-hmm. and that, and this is a piece that the, the plants are trying to teach us is like trusting yourself. Like it's just a part of yourself that's being reflected in your journey, right? It's like, it's all you. Yes. And it's all outside of yourself. And when we can get that the goddess is within us and we can trust the inner authority that we no longer giving our power away to yeah. whatever's outside of us, right? Mm-hmm. This is... I think one of the biggest pieces of the rise of the divine feminine is this connection with the goddess. Mm-hmm. And another book that I've, because I've been really much, I've been steeped in this conversation lately with a few different podcasts that I'm, that are coming out for me. Um, and there's another book called when God was a woman, which is essentially when the goddess temples were alive, you know, and this was, thousands of years ago and then like how patriarchy basically just destroyed all the goddess temples got rid of that whole culture but the symbol of the goddess is a part of what's missing and what's creating the imbalance Mm -hmm. so there's only like you see the hindu goddesses right you're seeing this emergence of the goddesses like isis and um, and more and more women are embracing the goddess archetypes. I think mm-hmm. that's a big piece of the rise of the divine feminine. That's what's balancing out is this under, like we need both. We need the God and the goddess. It's not mm-hmm. that the goddess higher than or better than or the authority. It's, mm-hmm. it's And we actually hold both. And can we see that the goddess lives within ourselves? I get so passionate about this. This it's because I, I feel like this is the piece. And and then, the, you know, and so many women are like, oh, it's too goddessy, you know? And it's like, <laughs> but that's the piece that you're missing is like the goddess is within you. And she's got 
a thousand faces. Yes. I mean, that is, you know, that's, that's Isis. It's like the, the goddess of a thousand faces. And um, yeah, so I, uh, that's just been a big piece for me and a big piece that I think that the plants are trying to tell us and, and remind us of. Yes. Remind, because we do know this stuff. It is there to be had. I mean, if it wasn't, no, none of them could really implant it. It is there. They're revealing it to us. And to reveal is to show us something that's there, right? Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, you know, not all women are going to warm up to this right away, the idea of the goddess. You know, it's <laughs> we've had quite the history. Um and I, I see that it, it is going to take some work and maybe they'll, they'll find another way, you know, um, and, and that's fine. We are very unique beings. And, and I think that that happens for a reason, too. So um, one thing that I forgot to bring up um, that I, I wanted to because you have children, I have yeah. you know, a, a son. And when you watch movies and you see you know, the influence of all of this, you know, trying to show the powerful female in, in the media. It's like they all always embody these male, these masculine qualities, you know, the, the, the show of physical strength, you know, the highly logical mind. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, I can see that they're trying. I can see that they want to do some kind of balancing. They don't know how because they're still coming from that heavily uh, masculine influenced place that yeah. and 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 the illness we can see, we know, we're experiencing it worldwide. Um so I, I, every time it happens, I I have to explain to my son. I want him to understand that, you know, and he can see it you know, they're young enough where they're so open already, you know, <laughs> we come into the world this way and, and he can see it, you know, so this is the generation to work with that, you know, are just coming up and, and starting to explore all of these ideas, you know, and, and see where it takes them and, and start to, to chat with them about it and see how they feel about it and, and give permission for, you know, the boys to explore those wonderful qualities of them, the sensitivity, all that stuff that's so well and alive in children, right? It's just they're bursting with all of it, all the masculine, all the feminine, all the beauty of it. And just, and, and let them influence us. We, we, you know, these are qualities that we just love in children, right? They're, they're just great teachers. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, just <laughs> the media. <laughs> it feels like a constant battle is media and screen time and what they're watching and just mm -hmm. the influence and oh yes, that feels like it's um it's just a constant battle. It's a reflection too and you know, I, I was very intimidated by this idea because let's face it, I mean, this technology, the barrage and <laughs> their exposure at such young ages. But I think I've had to trust my son a lot more and I'm starting to discover that he's far more discerning than I ever gave him credit for. And, and I just start to explore some of this stuff side by side with him and learn so much more about because when they are with us and they, they, they do learn their values from us, not because we say you should do this or shouldn't yep. do that, 
it's because of who we are, right? So if we do our own work on ourselves, that's that's what's going to influence them the most because they're authentic beings. They, you know, they haven't learned to cover all this stuff up yet. Hopefully they won't. And when they they have that grounding, you know, they are going to look at this stuff and they'll they will be discerning. They they won't be attracted to to really unhealthy sick stuff. They won't. It, it's not who they are, you know? And they, they they just they're they're so much they're so much more powerful than we give them credit for. And I think that that's us, you know, having to also, you know, do that for ourselves, start to recognize our own power and our own discernment and all the rest of it. And 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 they have it too. They have it in spades. They really do. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. So true. So, so true. we're coming to the end of our time. I was just wondering if you could give um, people a way to get in touch with you. And I know you have some really amazing events coming up. If you want to share those with us. Um, yeah, well, uh, the first thing I'd say is, you know, it's always, I've always, one of the things that I've always loved about um, plant ceremonies is the integration circle. And yes. that circle is such a key piece of the remembrance. And so more and more women are feeling really called to lead circle and to sit in circle. And so we've got a lot of virtual circles going on. Some of our facilitators are, are doing local circles, but um, it's, you know, we've, we've got monthly circles at sistershipcircle.com slash events. So if you go there, you can see our whole calendar. Um, and then for women who are really interested in learning how to lead circle, um, we have a a book, you know, I have the Art of Leading Circle book that I created um, with a workbook and we actually have it set up that we will um, that we will pay for the book and you just pay for shipping um, and then we have our digital copy as well so if you are listening and you're really interested in learning more about leading circle then you could go to sistershipcircle.com slash a o l c so art of leading circle just the a-O-L-C, and you can, um, yeah, you can, you could get the copy of the book. And I think that's just such a great place to start and, um, and a resource that I wanted to provide because I'm on, on a mission to have 1 million circles on the planet. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> that's a know, great goal. And, and that's not just me, right? It's like, I can't do that alone. And so it's, it's how many facilitators can I train, but also how many other leaders can I partner with and collaborate with? And, um, and so a lot of these um, other women who are teaching women how to lead circle, uh, I'm, I collaborate with um, Heather Ash being one of them from goddess warrior training. Um, and, you know, it's about, we're all have, we all have the same mission and mm -hmm. that's the feminine, right? Is like co-creation and collaboration and connection, not competition. There is no, yes, all have oh. the same mission. Let's Absolutely. all create 1 million circles on the planet because that's the tipping point. And the more mm -hmm. that we circle as women, the more we can remember the truth of who we are and really realize the power of sisterhood. So, yeah, that's what I'm Absolutely. all about. 
Oh, that's wonderful. That whole idea of competition, we could we could discuss that in a whole other episode. I, I know. hope we can do that. That would be great. Oh, <laughs> so we need that yeah. now too. Okay, thank you so much, Tanya, for making time for us today yeah. and yeah, for joining this discussion. And yeah, I, I hope we stay in touch. Thanks a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Please visit RebeccaHayden.com for more ayahuasca integration content and for information about working with me and using hypnosis as an empowering integration tool.